And I'm Karen Wright. It is 934. Joining me now is our master gardener friend, Barb Lambson. Good morning, Barb. Boy, that rain was just what it took to make everything just green up and make me just feel so happy. Well, Karen, good morning. And it was, and I'll tell you what, if uh, you knew people that were gardening and they kept telling you about their garden before the rain, now they're going to say, <laughs> you won't believe it. Every sentence oh, starts, you won't believe it, it because is. before the rain, you know, we didn't get a lot of rain. We got a half inch oh, in it our was, place. Yeah, it wasn't very much at all. And I had emptied all my rain barrels. So I was kind of thinking like, oh, I guess I'm going to start having to water from the hose. And I don't like to do that if I don't no. have to. Um, no. And I had the same thing. As a matter of fact, um, I have emptied, emptied them twice. We had one other good rain that filled my barrels again, and uh, I had uh, some people come through the yard, and they said, you know, what kind of fertilizer are you using here? All your plants are so big and healthy, and I said, water. This is rainwater. This is absolutely rainwater. You just can't beat it, so do that. And then... Normally, we don't put our mulch on so quickly, but the soil is in the 60s now, and with it being so dry... We needed to conserve that so we need water. It, and there's this little bit that we got, so I would say go ahead, and, and if you've got mulch ready to go on, put it on, yeah. Well, now, I've been doing something different with mulch this year. You know, I've been using straw. Um, I buy that baled straw. It's 99% weed-free. The only thing I see growing up is like little oats every now sure. and then because it's straw. But that has been really great for in my raised bed garden because I didn't used to put any really any mulch on it and they Mm -hmm. dried out so this year I'm just taking it's very finely cut you can get it in a giant bale sure well it's not giant but a bale that's so compactly put uh, compact together like as a farm person you'd say well straw it's not that compact but this stuff is very very finely cut and so you sprinkle it on top of your seedlings and it just kind of fills in around and that's been a really a good thing and then of course that will break down and make the soil enrich the soil so that's yes. what I'm I'm been doing and including around my son's lilies and things like that and uh, new things that I plant just to keep that moisture in and then also you know let it break down. You know, these organic mulches like that, yes, they're great. whether you use leaves or grass or this straw, they are just a win-win because um, they enrich the soil when they break down. They cool the soil. There's the moderate temperature all the time so it doesn't get too hot, it doesn't get too cold, and, and they don't dry out. And of yeah. course, when you think of the environment, we don't want to have any black soil showing because it releases the carbon back into the atmosphere. Well, in fact, I even took this straw I, I planted my annual pots so my container plants and I even put the straw on top after I planted them because that'll keep the the moisture in as well and so they seem to be doing really great too and it's sure. been warm enough to put those out finally sure you know with your pots that's probably even more important than those in the ground because the pots when they stand out they are so subject to everything oh, sure. they have this this small area and maybe we should just talk a little bit about um, going shopping you know it's so easy to read all these ads and then to run to the nursery to run to the store and say oh my gosh now that's great that's great without thinking about how am I going to use them what's going to really look good and do I need all these and you come home and you think oh where am I going to put all these yeah yeah so make sure you've got the space including the right pot a pot that has good drainage and you know I always say the bigger the pot the better you know when they used a lot of times you'll see those hanging baskets and they're like eight inches or something really 
when you think about how much water that holds and how big those roots get, that's not really enough. You, I mean, really need to get big. Yeah. In fact, this year, Barb, I took my giant pots. I mean, they, they're, I think they're 18 or 20 inches across. And I am putting those out there, and they're really deep. And people say, well, yeah, you have to buy all that soil. It's best not to put things in the bottom like, you know, sometimes they'll say put you know, crushed cans or plastic. And I used to do that, but they say, really, otherwise the, the water just kind of all goes through and all goes, goes down. You really want that water to stay there so the plants can reach down into the soil deep to get it. So I'm just spending a little extra money. And I also took a bunch of uh, compost and stuff and just, put in the bottom too before I put in the the uh, potting soil so sure sure well I've always put things into the bottoms of my pot and I've experimented with different kinds of things you know I have saved uh, pots you know how clay pots will right. break and I'll break them up I'll incorporate them and I have also used aluminum cans I mean that I've is done that in plastic now I've, I read an article about uh, styrofoam especially if you have something that you're getting up to the like say 40 gallon size or something like that now I have a new plastic pot with a um, with a, a drainage uh um, disc underneath it so that I can uh, saucer I should say right so that the water can go into there it just doesn't drain all the way through but as you know our friend Harvey grows two plants for us every year one is the big form of super juice which is a Roma style tomatoes tomato yes and that one gets really big and then our patio tomato which you would think well patio that's really small but um, uh, this little tomato gets incredibly huge it can be um, five feet tall or even the tomato berries mine that will get is indeterminate so it just grows and grows yeah well it does it can get easily five foot six feet oh yeah and so the even I have used uh, maybe something that was like a 20 cord and then you put a support in there and the wind comes around and knocks it over so this year I have this it's at least 40 gallons and um, David has it so I can put my tomato in there and my cage will go all the way inside oh nice and that'll hold it in place and on the bottom I'm gonna put uh, rocks and I also use uh, oyster shells as long as you're getting the dirt down in there so it's between the rocks and so the roots have a place to go down and yeah yeah, oyster shells work really well you know because they are different sizes yeah and pores and and you can take them out and you can reuse them again so so that's a good deal but uh, it's real tempting to read an ad and run. And uh, we were we were buying things last week for our water uh, pond. We had gotten the lettuce, water lettuce earlier, but some of the other things weren't in. So now I have a few more things. And last year, you gave me this wonderful uh, plant. It's like um, an Asiatic lily, a cross between that, and uh, it's green and white. It has uh, um, it has the arrow-like shoots on it, like the Sansevieria, our mother-in-law's tongue. looks exactly like that, except it's green and I white. I gave you it? You did? It was in your pond. Mm-hmm. Oh, my pond. Well, okay, my my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and 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 I thought, am, am I going to be able to winter this over? And you did, huh? Yes, and so I took it out of its uh, container that it was in in the summertime in the pond, and I dug a hole in my perennial garden, popped it in there. And it came through like it had always been there. Real versatile plant. So you didn't put it in the pond then? 
I, not yet, because okay. I'll tell you what. We have a flowering crab tree, and that flowering crab <laughs> tree. dumping little petals everywhere. It, it, everywhere. Like the snow. The, it is like snow, and the pond looks like pink, and we've been cleaning it out. And so now the fish are still inside. They're in the aquarium. We're waiting for this little... Um, it should be with the rain that we got. I think maybe all the petals are off the tree now. So, so that that's another thing to think about if you're looking for plants for your, uh, if you have a, a pond, even if you have a container. I do a water have, container. You mean? Yeah, yeah, I have a big pot. It's a it's a pottery, and it is probably a thirty gallon or so. I fill that with water, and uh, I'll put a plant in there also. Oh, and I bought a water lily again okay. this year. I have bought those in the past too, and those are very lovely because they they get those beautiful flowers, and they also make uh, an area to protect the fish, you know, from the hot sunlight. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, pray, uh, birds and things that might want to eat them sure we were talking about uh, buying things to put in containers one thing you want to do is make sure they have the same needs so you're not going to want to put a a plant that doesn't like to be frequently watered with one that likes to be wet all the time so you know like I've got like a a, one of those begonias and they like to be dry between watering so I wouldn't want to put them with like a supertunia that likes to have moisture all the time so that's something really if, if you don't know ask someone at the nursery who knows that? Because otherwise you'll be disappointed. You'll say, why is this one doing so great and this one's just dying? Because you could give that one root rot or one might need enough water. Right. And when I had all my supertunias that I got, I planted them and I cut off all the flowers. That's the first thing I do. I cut off every flower and I make them into little compact mounds because all the they need all that energy to go to make the roots because all of a sudden you've taken them out of this cozy little little pot and you put them in this big space they got to fill up so just cut the flowers off they'll come back soon enough and they don't need nitrogen they need phosphorus and they need potash both of those things help develop the roots and help develop the rest of the flower it's not about uh, it's not about blooming right away it's about establishing Get your it. roots and all plants aren't the same when you buy a plant it may look beautiful on top but if it has been potted too long and the roots, especially in these four-for-one packs... Yeah, are, they're really smaller containers. Yeah, and then you, you take them out of that little hole there and, and you see it's just white around the bottom. Yep. The roots have circled and circled. And I use a... Uh, a pick, a wooden pick that I have to try and separate them. Those oh, I just take my fingers and just kind of squish them and then pull them off. Pull them well, not on those really small ones. They're smaller than a piece of white thread. They're really small. And, the, and that's impossible. They break apart. Right. But you do the best you can. So now I'm being really cautious what I buy. Uh, I would rather pay more and get a single specimen that's in a, a, a larger pot, and that that's will not ta- root bound already. Yeah, that's right. It will take off better. It'll it'll be great, and you know, pretty much, um, unless we have something different with the weather, I would say your tomatoes, your peppers, can all go out now because it's still it's warm now at night. It has warmed up. Could change. 
Right. Know? And and I'm I know Harvey is withholding ours because he knows that we would put them out too soon. So I'm thinking pretty soon we'll be getting our tomatoes and peppers from Harvey. So yes. I yes. am anxious to put those out. I've got the spaces in the garden because I'm doing the square foot method where I put a different plant in each square foot. And that's been working really well for me. So I've had lettuce that I've been harvesting. I've got uh, radishes I've been harvesting and spinaches. And I've also the peas are, are haven't quite bloomed yet, but they're getting very close. You know, Karen, I I read a quote last week, and it said there are two things money can't buy. One is love, and the other is homegrown tomatoes. That's a song you know. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's a great song. Oh wow! It's a. In fact, it was on the garden CD that I that we uh, had for yeah. a pledge. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's a great song. It's like there's something money can't buy. It's love and homegrown tomatoes. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, maybe I heard it on the radio and you I didn't could have, read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And I thought, boy, is that ever true? It yeah. is, because, yeah. I think homegrown cauliflower, homegrown um, asparagus, uh, just, you know. It's so wow. much better, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It is so much better. Um, I, I've had an opportunity. My rhubarb is just, you know, just wonderful. And when you pull it up by the stalk, it yes, just goes... Yes, don't cut it. I used to cut it, and then you get... It rots, basically. Yes, yeah. right. So it goes snap. And um, I had a friend, and she needed to take some to her auntie. And I took an armload over to her. And she. it's so wonderful to be able to share things. I also um, found that uh, when you're working outside... People stop. They admire things. Right. This one lady stopped last year, and she loved the allium, or the flowering onion plant. With the big purple globe on top. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, I have um, 32 of those in my one front garden because they, they do keep multiply. Spreading. <laughs> yes. And so last fall, I, I brought some to her, and, and now she stopped, and she thought it was really great. I have a... Um, uh, an iris that is very light lavender. It's not, and it makes a great contrast. These two oh, things, sure. they are the focus of the garden right now. And, you know, uh, having a focal point in the garden is really a great idea where your eye goes right there and you see that because that's carrying it right then. Now, that doesn't always, you know, the alliums, they'll be done mm-hmm. and um, the iris also. But uh, they can um, be part of that focal point in your garden. I had another iris and it is... Um, a light a mahogany colored i can't even if you've ever seen um old draperies that were this mahogany uh <laughs> like the 80s maybe yeah, yeah yeah or older we used to have them in our movie theaters and that they were mahogany and and they were um oh this really soft material i can't think what it was velvet and then they they wore and they became covered with dust and 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 faded out that's the color of this iris and uh and then the uh petals going down are a light yellow gold and then they have almost like eyelashes painted on those mm-hmm. petals and not when you when you put it in a garden with other things, just gets lost. Right. So last year, I, th- I was determined I have to do something for this plant or get rid of it because it's just so nothing. Oh, my goodness. What did you do? I Well, you know this new pollinator garden. I put it in there, 
and I put it in with coral bells or heuchera. Right. And this is uh, like everybody knows Purple Palace, which was our first dark one. This is a, a combination of that with a little bit of uh, mahogany. So it brings out the colors then and you can notice it, it. It does. All of a sudden it looks so stately and so darn good. And you say, I'm glad I didn't. Dig it up. Yeah, I, I'm glad it's 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 showing off its colors. You know, it's just it, it's like a house that gets painted on the outside. And it looks and it's great, and it looks. You say, "Wow, what happened here? Did they remodel? No, they repainted and they painted the trim. So it's that kind of thing. But if you want a focal point that's going to be in your garden all year long, then you need to go into something that's a permanent kind of a right. structure thing, like an obelisk will do it. Um, anything like that, a piece of statuary will do or it. Or a water feature even. A water feature, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, water features, not as much when it gets to be winter again. Oh, right. You've got, right. But if you want this for all year long, yeah. you want to go to something like that and then grow something interesting if you have an obelisk or, or whatever, grow something interesting on there. And you don't always get that right either because I've got two of them and I've got two different clematis. And um, it's hard on an obelisk. You have to provide some other support right. for for a uh, clematis. They just can't do it just with that structure. Well, I uh, for some of those that are vining this year, I'm trying a bougainvillea mm-hmm. on my obelisk, my big one that says "Home Tweet Home." That was uh, that big metal one out there. So. Um, I will have to just, I take some special ties, like they're Velcro, and I Velcro, mm-hmm. so then they can gradually go up the side of the obelisk. Otherwise, they won't, they don't have the tendrils to cling around there. Yeah, yeah. So that's, in that case, I have to do it myself. And Yeah. So. Well, you know, Clematis has those little, it catches on. Yeah. But it, it's still, if you think of an obelisk, you only have four legs, you know, and then you have mm-hmm. some crossbars. It right. just it just isn't enough, so you have to help it along. Well worth the effort, though, if you do it right. You know, something that is just coming up in the garden now is my hardy hibiscus. That is always the last thing to show its face, and so many people I see, I think I lost it over winter, and I remember the first time, remember the first time I had planted that hardy hibiscus, and they grow about five feet tall, and they have just from July through September, I've got these, you know, nine-inch dinner plate size uh, hibiscus, uh, but they are just popping their little green heads out of the ground now, and maybe you're finding that with yours as well. Yeah, in on the south side, the uh, bronze one that I have, which has this just drop dead gorgeous bloom on it uh, that just has and it doesn't come up on the stem because the stem isn't uh, woody it it's it looks like it might be but it isn't it comes up from the base every right. year so you can always cut that off although it's a good idea to leave stem there so you know where this plant is at and you don't go crowding it out with yeah i just else. in fact it was just a, co- a week or so ago that i just cut those those woody stems that were left from last year because i i yeah. know that they're late just so i don't dig it up because it's so tempting like oh look i have space and oh yes. no you don't hey i've got a question you know you know the naked lady lilies or sometimes they call them the mystery mm-hmm. lilies right now they're all just this lush green just yes. bunch of leaves and then all of a sudden they die off right and you think they're gone and then in is it july or what was it is later on yeah and then all of a sudden this big stalk shoots up with all these pink at least mine are pink blossoms on them i want to move that 
should I move that now? Because right, right now it's got to the point where my hardy hibiscus is crowding it out. And so it basically, when it blooms, it, it hides it. So You know, that plant is so hardy. I've had it in my garden easily 35 years because they're bulbs right yeah they're yeah. bulbs uh, you move them all over use a like a spading fork so that when you go go to the outside and then gently raise them up the one thing that would happen if you do it now you'll just lose the bloom okay yeah but i mean that's not such a bad thing either because um i don't when i dig those early um I find a spot for them and replant them. And they just sit in there and then they're fine coming up for the next year. Just make sure that you uh, you mark the spot so that you you're going to put them in. What I had to do with mine this year, it, despite the fact that it's been dry, plants like that have such great foliage on them. Yeah, they, they just, do. I mean, they're just bushel basket size. So what I did was, because it was crowding some other things, <laughs> I took uh, fencing and went around oh. to hold it up, to support okay. it up in the air. And all the, uh, the the foliage still is getting sunlight and it's going to do its photosynthesis and that. And then mine too, I need to uh, get rid of some of those. Hopefully someone will come to the yard when they're blooming and they'll say, you know, I always wanted that. And I'll say, sold, you got it, lady. Yeah, you can have that. <laughs> oh, I just uh, dug up a bunch of uh, daylily. There's one daylily that it kind of got hit by other stuff. So I just dug it up and put something else in its place because sometimes you just, I, I feel like it's moving furniture. That's what I feel like when I yes. go in the garden. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't like where you are. I'm going to dig you up and put you somewhere or I'll give you away. I dug up some mint because sure. mint spreads and I've got a pot of that. I'm going to give to my either my sister or my friend who are coming this weekend. And, and that's the thing about gardening. Once you get going, right. you'll have plenty of gifts to give. <laughs> so, you know, talking about gifts to give, do you know that Benches is going to have their plant sale that's coming up? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because also the um, Twilight Gardeners are having theirs too. So okay. let's talk about that where you can get some great garden plants. So I'll let you go first and then I'll talk about Okay, well, this plant sale for Benches, you know, it's it's for Nicollet and Blue Earth County and they do such... Humane Society. Yeah, they do such great work. Their uh, sale is going to be June 5th, but I mention it now because they're asking for donations of plants and they want them dropped off at their site which is 1250 North Riverfront Drive by May 30th. Okay. And you should you should name them and uh, drop them off there. If you want more information, uh, just call here's the number 625-6373. And this is one way. I'm it's 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 a great way to help them out and it's one way. You know, one of the things that I found after dividing 30 perennials last fall and making a new garden is my garden they came from looks so much better. Yep, because it's they, not so crowded. Right. You know, things they, just get big, and uh, it is a disadvantage when you don't have more notice on this. I like to pot things up as soon as they they wake up in the spring, and right. then you have a nice plant to give them. Versus just sitting in a pot and maybe has a little transplant shock or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but do do that and put it on your calendar to go there. And here's another one, the Twilight Garden Club, which puts all the, the plantings at the, uh, is it the Hubbard House? Yep. Mm -hmm. And they are having a plant sale for Saturday and Sunday, June 5th, 
and June 6th at the historic Hubbard House Gardens, which is at 606 South Broad Street. Rain or shine, it says, from 8 a.m. to noon on Saturday, June 5th, and from 8 a.m. to 11 on Sunday, June 6th. So that's another one, and that's downtown. And of course, they have beautiful gardens, and like we were just talking, it's important sometimes to to um, divide those up to make room because they overfill their spots. So that's a great uh, opportunity to get some plans as well. And you know, if you can, if you just take a three by five card, if you put the name on there and put on there uh, where it likes to grow, the whole environment thing, Sun, how often you water it. Shade. And if yeah. it's like mint for heaven's sakes, put warning, this is a great plant, but it will go all over. Yeah, It's a wanderer. It's an aggressive spreader right yeah right, right exactly. yeah because i'll tell you what i'm i'm trying to dig out some of my lily of the valley that uh at the lake house that are starting to invade some of my hostas because yep that's once it gets started but you know the thing that surprises me these plants that can be so invasive and you just have all kinds of them you go to the garden center and you see them and they're you're like no yeah yeah my goodness and they're so expensive and i think oh well this is, you know, maybe you have a friend that has this that would be great. Happy to share it with you if you share something with them. That's that's really cool when someone shares. With well, you them. and I share stuff. I know we in, do. In that even and advice. Seeds. Yep, and advice. You've uh, lived longer and done more than I have, so I often get good advice from you. And and sometimes we try new things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Yes, yes. And this year I started for us. Uh, uh, what is this? Um, expensive little onion that that we buy in the store and it's only about so big it's milder uh, the shallot shallot oh I mean, so yeah. i have i have a a form of shallot that's supposed to be really oh, great okay. ordered the seed started a little thing for you because i've you. only started them by bulbs in the past so it'll be interesting uh, to see how they i can see why they cost more because oh, <laughs> a lot of at work oh uh, it, it is it is uh, keeping them watered because they're they're like a thread coming so up. Fine. They're very fine and it takes forever. So, um, uh, but we're, I'll give you your little packet. You'll have to decide what you're going to do with them. I think you're going to have to take a little, <laughs> very carefully, a little pixie type thing to take the take them the, out and replant. Yeah, and then you're going to have to water. Yeah, oh, sure. So. Now I've I've found and maybe you if you need any ground cherries, they love to reseed. So I've got. Babies that it started all over, I put them in little uh, containers. Do you need any ground cherries? You know, I don't have the space for it. Oh, okay. And I'm a little concerned about uh, starting anything like that at Good Council because we don't know how much longer we're going to be up there. Yeah, because they're working on, the, they're selling the place and they're they're hoping, uh, from my talking with, is it Laura? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and she, she said they're really hoping that that will continue this year for sure. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, I talked to Sister Catherine and she said the very same thing. So, we're safe. But, you know, I have stuff I'm going to have to move from there, too, and it's got to come home. Oh, boy. So, yeah. I was able to, one of the gardeners up there wanted my um, yesterberry. She wanted uh, a slips off from that. I don't know what that is. It, it, Karen, it's uh, a uh, hybrid. It's current and gooseberry cross. Oh, okay. Makes a nice okay. uh, blue uh, fruit on it. Very tasty. Okay. You have to cover it with a netting so the birds don't take it. And if you take those uh, uh, branches th that are coming fr from the, from the bottom, you bend them down in the soil. They root for you. Okay. And I had five of them for her, so she's going to grow them at her home. She loves it. She's very familiar with this very. 
what are seeds people can still plant? Because there's people that are going to get out. It's going to be hot. It's going to be warm out there. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things you can start by seed right now. You can still put in your lettuces, your radishes, your sure. all those. You can put in your squash. I, I just put mine in. Um, other yeah. Uh, well, I don't have my green beans in yet, so I'm going to put my green beans in. I put some in. of those in a couple and days ago. I I love to raise sunflowers, so I'm going to I'm okay. going to get sunflowers in. I'm going to put in zinnias. I have a couple. Well, I have three or four different types of sure. zinnias. There's so many, and uh, of course the butterflies and the bees love them. Talking about bees, I absolutely identified this. Um, uh, spotted uh, uh, honeybee um, with the uh, red spot on them. The rusty, a rusty patch. Rusty, oh, it's a rusty the, patch bumblebee. It's the rusty patch bumblebee. I've got those too. So I, he is liking two things: uh, the uh, bleeding heart, that that flower, and also the Virginia bluebells. I lead on my belly and watched it because you have to I mean you have to get it's undersized right, of things right it, it took a lot but I thought yes there it's it is beautiful yeah anyway we are out of time but happy gardening this weekend there's things you can do and uh, and uh, enjoy yes thank you Karen and the same to you and I hope all of our gardeners are their gardens are looking great all right bye-bye Barb thank you so much it's two minutes past 10 you're listening to a Minnesota morning on the Maverick at KMSU radio 89.7 FM in Mankato in KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at kmsu.org broadcasting